0: Our theme is we're talking about names and what names mean. We're continuing our sermon series on the wonder. So, last week we talked about the wonder of the star. You can see it, the, the wise men that traveled to the star. And we talked about how the wise men had eyes to see, they had courage to follow, and humility to worship when they found it. You can go ahead and put it on the easel if you don't mind. Uh, and, and then you may see that there are names. Up here, you see Jesus and Emmanuel, that's what we're going to talk about, and all these other names of Jesus, light of the world, Messiah, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Good Shepherd, Lamb of God, Savior, King of Kings, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor. Names are incredibly important. And so I was hoping that maybe some people would shout out, uh, if you got a name tag, I think there was someone helping you figure out what your name means, and you may be excited by that, you may not, but uh, if some people would shout out what their name means, Anybody? What does it mean? <laughs> Maybe that should be my name. At least the immature part. Anybody else? Shout it out. What? Divine. All right. What else? God is my oath. Anything else? God is my right hand. Beloved. Brave. We got some good ones. Resolute protector. I saw Robert. What was yours? What did yours mean? Bright fame. Yes, Sherry? Spanish wine. (laughs) Does that fit? Ah. Names are incredibly, incredibly important, especially in the biblical text. Now, I was always disappointed. I've shared this before, but uh, when looking and talking about names, about how I didn't have a naming story until I looked back on my life and realized that my adopted mom chose me. There were two brothers. We were a year apart, Ray and David. And she chose to adopt me because my name is David. I have a naming story. Well, Michelle puts up a lot of my quirkiness. There are random weird things that I'm really particular about. And names just happen to be one of them. And so when we were naming our kids, we had a really hard time figuring out a girl's name, right? I think we found a a boy's name immediately and we agreed on it. But it took us forever to determine uh, a girl's name. Our our boy's name, if we ever had a boy, was going to be Eli Braddock. Braddock is a street name in Washington, D.C., in case you're curious. Eli is, of course, a character from, from the, the Hebrew text. But anyways, it's very important to me. Names are incredibly important, probably because I always had that situation where, you know, you go around and you share your name meaning or why you were named what you were named. I never had a story to tell. So I wanted to give that gift to my children. We chose Sophie because Sophie is the biblical uh, characteristic of God that means wisdom, means wisdom. And so we hope that that's a characteristic of God as she grows up that she'll be wise. She's definitely not there yet. (laughs) She'll actually tell you if you ask her, and she's not feeling shy, that her spirit animal is an owl because owls are wise, right? And then Amelia, it means helper or hardworking or industrious. And now she thinks she's named after Amelia Earhart because that's what her sisters told her. The, the truth is that even though that did play a part, it's just a name that we wanted to give her that characteristic of being a helper, or being industrious, and, and that's part of her little personality. She's always one that wants to help around the house, uh, help cook, help clean, whatever it is, she wants to be with you and she wants to be helping you. Our names are important. It's what our parents hope we will be, right? We give a name, we're, we're hoping to instill those virtues to our children. It's what they hope we will be. Sometimes we pick up nicknames. Does anybody have a nickname they want to shout out? No. <laughs> Bill. Bill is a nickname. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else have a nickname? Dee Dee. Yeah, that's a beautiful. What about the grandparents in the room? Who has a grandparent nickname? Di-nan, di-na, dinana. Boom pop. I like that. Did I hear another one over here? Huh? Mama. All right. Uh, nicknames are names that people give us, and it kind of shares a little bit about who we are. In college, I'm from a country town, about 1,000 people. Michelle makes fun of me. I tell her I'm from the country. I actually lived in a city, but it's a city of 1,000 people, so I think it counts as the country. Uh, and so I went to college in New Orleans. I went to Tulane. There were people all over the world and, and all over the country. And we were watching football one day, and someone made a big hit, a big tackle. I was like, wow, that guy's a hoss. And they look at me, like, David, what is a hoss? <laughs> they never heard it before. And, and so they first, jokingly, they started calling me hoss. And for the rest of my college, I never heard my first name David. I was always called hoss because I was the kid from the country. So our nicknames tell a little bit about our story. In our sermon today, we're going to learn about Jesus' name, the name Jesus, which literally means the Lord or God saves. And we're going to talk about a nickname that he has, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Those are two things we desperately need. We're told that Jesus saves us from our sins. We could solve a lot of problems in the world. Education, we could solve poverty, we could solve maybe people would follow the laws a little bit better, we could... Make sure everyone had food and water. And yet, if we don't take care of sin, which is the root of all of our problems, it wouldn't matter. Because we just create new problems. That's what humans do, right? We're really good at creating new problems. We're really good at taking things that are okay and changing them. Uh, like, for example, I was talking to someone this week about margarine. Right? We thought we could make butter better, and we actually made it worse. <laughs> but because of our sin nature, we tend to make the world worse. So if we want to fix any of the world's problems, we have to first deal with the root problem, which is our sin or our rejection of God. So we desperately are in need of a Savior, one who saves us from our sins. But then once we're saved, we need that nickname of God, Emmanuel, which means God with us, because it's really difficult to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's really difficult, especially in this holiday season. We were shopping yesterday. It's really difficult to love your neighbors when everybody's trying to fight and get into that line or get that last toy, right? It's really difficult to love our enemies. It's really difficult to want to pray good things for your enemies. It's really difficult to love God and put God first. It's really difficult to love our neighbors. It's really, really difficult to forgive people who have hurt us. So if we're going to succeed, not only do we need God to save us, we need God with us. We need Emmanuel. We also need God in the midst of suffering. To be human is to suffer. It's just a reality. And I know it's a challenge. Probably the number one challenge to people, to ha- why people say they don't have faith is, why would God allow suffering? I don't have a great answer to that question. But I do know this. We will suffer. And I would much rather, if I am going to suffer, to have God with me and have the church with me. And the third thing is, sometimes God changes our dreams. Sometimes God has a plan for us that's different than our plan, as we're going to see with Joseph. And if we're going to have the courage to follow God's dreams, we are going to need Emmanuel, God, with us. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Uh, If you brought your your Bible, I hope that you will read it in the version that you read at home. If not, uh, we'll have it on the screen, and we'll also, we have Bibles at the back of the Behind that column, there's some Bibles, so take it home and read your Scripture during the week and also get caught reading it. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was her husband by, and was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so what the Lord has spoken to the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will come pregnant and give birth to her son and they will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and Joseph called him Jesus. It's a really interesting story, right? Could you imagine it be Joseph? Imagine what that would be like? Here is, you're engaged to be married. And she comes to you, and she tells you you're pregnant, and she says, but don't worry, it's from the Holy Spirit. I mean, who's going to believe that, right? (laughs) No one would believe that. Of course Joseph didn't believe it. It It's like, yeah, right. And so he was going to set her aside. It says that Joseph was a righteous man, and it says that he wanted to set her aside quietly as to not humiliate her. He could have had her stoned, right? Anybody in here ever been cheated on? Which which you, you prefer? You'd prefer some righteous justice in this situation, right? If you felt like you were cheated on, you'd prefer the worst thing happened to that person. Well, he was going to be nice. He was going to be kind. He was righteous, and he was kind. And he was going to set her aside. This had ruined his dreams. He was pro- his dad was probably a carpenter, so he had this little dream of having a little family and a little house and having his little carpenter shop and making a little bit of money he had the perfect wife, and all that was shattered when she comes to him and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but oh, it's from God. He did not believe her. Then he gets this dream, and the miraculous happens. An angel comes and says, yes, she's absolutely right. Do not set her aside. Marry her. And when you have the child, name that child Jesus, because this will fulfill the prophecy that uh, the child will be born of a virgin, and you will name Him, Emmanuel, our God with us. We're going to talk about the names of Jesus this morning. These two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. So I have a slide. This is kind of confusing, but stay with me. I promise it will bear fruit. So Jesus is how we, in English, pronounce the Greek word Iesus, right? And Iesus is the Greek word for a Hebrew word, Yeshua, which we translate from the Hebrew text as Joshua, Okay? So the name Jesus and Joshua are actually the same name, very common name in the Hebrew, which is kind of interesting because Jesus is a very uncommon name now, unless you're in a Hispanic culture, and Joshua is a very common name. It was the name of the people. And so the story connects us to this Old Testament hero, Joshua. And you may remember Joshua. Joshua was the one who took over from Moses. He's one of the 12 spies sent into the promised land. Ten of the spies report back and say, oh no, these two people are, these can- Canaanites are too mighty of warriors. There's no way we can win. But Caleb and Joshua say, no, we have God on our side. Right before that trip, Moses had renamed him from Hoshea, which means salvation, to Yeshua or Joshua, which means the Lord Yahweh saves. Now the people listened to the ten spies and had to wander around in the desert. But God saw the faithfulness of Joshua, whose name means the Lord saves. You think he lived up to his name, right? He believed that God would save them if they entered into the promised land. God saves. So when the angel tells them to name him Jesus or Joshua or Yeshua, Yahweh saves. God saves. The nature of who Jesus is, his very name, the name of hope that God gives Jesus is that God saves. And then we're told that he will save them from their sins. Now, Jesus could have saved us from a lot of things. He could have saved people from ignorance of God. He does that. But then he's only a teacher. He could have saved them from his brokenness, from their brokenness. He does that. But if he only did that, he was only a healer. He could have saved them from their relationship issues. And Jesus does that too. But if he does that, he's only a counselor. Only that. He could have saved people from their poverty. And he does that as part of his life. But if it had only been saving people from their poverty, he had only been a financial advisor. No, it says that he came to save us from our sins, the root of all of our problems. Now, if you think about life, sin means rejection of God, missing the mark, doing what we want to do, ruling our lives instead of letting God rule our lives. And the majority of our problems stem from that. There's a few that don't. Sickness, like cancer, that's not from God, although it's from our fallible bodies. Hurricanes, natural disasters, that's not from God. But the vast majority of the evil in the world comes from our sinning. It comes from violence against our neighbors. It comes from hate. It comes from withholding what I have and not being generous. It comes from not forgiving others, seeking retribution and violence. The majority of the world's problems come from sin. So, of course, we need to be saved from our sins, and that's the very character of Jesus. He came to save us from our sins so that we could be reclaimed, we can be renewed, we can be redeemed. What's amazing is for those of you who don't like your name or your name meeting, you have a new name, Christian, which means follower of Christ. So, claim that for yourself, that you are a follower of Jesus that is who you are, that is how you identify yourself, that is what you belong, that is who you belong to, is to God. That's what his name Jesus means for us. He came to save us from our sins, so that we can repent and have new life. Emmanuel is incredibly important, though. This is kind of the nickname that he's given, if you will. God with us. We need God with us, we need it so, so desperately. I don't know about you guys, but I had a hard week this week following Jesus. I did not feel like reading my Bible. I did not feel like praying. I did not feel like acting nice. I did not feel like doing good things for other people. Anybody have a week like that from time to time? It's hard. It is hard to do what Jesus asked us to do. It is hard to forgive someone who has deeply broken our hearts. It is hard to love someone who hates us. It is hard to pray for good things for other people, Right? Who, the people who don't want good things to us. It is hard that if our company was to do something wrong for us to say, we won't be a part of that, even if it might cost our job. You know, if you look at the followers of Jesus, the disciples, all but one were killed. Paul was beat up and thrown in jail almost everywhere he went. Following Jesus often gets us into trouble, the good kind of trouble. And maybe we need to look at our lives if we're not stirring up a little more trouble in our neighborhoods. We're not stirring up a little more trouble in our world. Because following Jesus tends to get us into trouble. And if we're going to do that, if we're going to get into trouble, if we're going to struggle, if we're going to stand alongside the broken and the hurting and be the hands and feet of Christ, we're going to need God with us, aren't we? Because we can't do it on our own ability. We can't do that on our own power. We need God with us to follow Jesus. We're going to suffer. We're going to suffer by our own choices. We're going to suffer because of other people's choices. And we're going to suffer for no reason at all. Maybe we'll get sick. Maybe a natural disaster will happen. We're going to suffer. I don't know about you, but I want God with me if I'm going to have hurt. Here's the truth all week long, I get calls, I get text messages, I get emails from people hey, my loved one is sick. Hey, there's something going on in my job. Hey, David, I'm really struggling with this situation in my life. Can you pray with me? Can you talk to me? I spend my week meeting with people for coffee and meeting people at their homes and praying with people, and I love it. It's absolutely one of my favorite things that I get to do. But I am working on behalf of God to show you that God is with you. The church, you guys do this too, don't you? You get calls from your neighbors, you get calls from relatives, you get calls from friends, and you begin walking alongside these people. And you have other people who do it for you. It's one of the great reasons to be in a life group is so that you have people walking alongside you. God is with us through each other. We're going to suffer. We're going to hurt. Do you want to do it alone? Do you want to walk through the darkness by yourself, or do you want to have a light with you? Do you want to have the church? Do you want to have God? Do you want to have those people guiding you? Emmanuel means God with us. It means we do not have to go through this alone. In your most broken moments when you're hurting, you are not alone. God is with you. We are with you. And the third reason that we need Emmanuel, God with us, is that sometimes God changes our plans. Sometimes God changes our dreams. We don't really know what Joseph's dreams were, but we kind of can figure it out with a little detective work, right? He was a young man, he was going to get married, he was going to go to his profession. His dad was probably a carpenter, that's the way it worked. You apprenticed under your dad, and you took the same trade, he did. He had a mind, so he had an idea, he had a dream. And then that got wrecked when Mary got pregnant, right? And then he had a plan to deal with that. He was going to set her aside. God said, no, you're not going to set this woman aside. You are going to be the adopted father of this child. You're going to help raise the Messiah. You're going to help guide the Messiah. Yes, I know this isn't what you planned. I know this isn't necessarily what you wanted. You probably had no idea of what was going on. You know, the people at the time knew that the Messiah would come and help save them and help save them from the sins. They had no idea that this child would be born of a virgin. This passage before the first century before Jesus was not one of the prophecies for the Messiah. It's something that they realized was about Jesus at a later date, right? They didn't realize That the first begotten of God, the Word who was with God, was coming into this world. So I'm sure Joseph would have planned for his life to only raise his own children. But God had a greater purpose, a greater meaning, a greater thing. He was going to get to raise the Messiah. But this is more than the Messiah. This is the Son of God. This is one who is fully human and fully divine, and he gets to be a part of that. What greater gift, what greater joy than to be a part of what God is doing and how God is coming into this world. Emmanuel, God with us, Joseph got to be a part of that. But if we're going to have the courage when God is going to say, David, you need to set your dreams aside. I've got bigger plans. I've got bigger dreams. I had plans. I was going to be a pilot. I was going to be an astrophysicist. I was going to be an astronaut. As silly as that may sound, that was my dream. God said, I've got bigger plans for you. You need to set those aside. God has big plans for you. God has big dreams for you. We need to set aside our little dreams, our puny dreams, our puny imagination, and say, God, I want what you have dreamed for me. And the only way we're going to have a courage to accept that is if we have God with us. Emmanuel. We are saved. His very name means God saves. Parents give us names because they hope that it will help define us. God gave him the name Jesus God saves. We get nicknames that kind of tell us who we are. Jesus was given the name Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to save you. I don't know where you are in your life, whether you have accepted Jesus and you're following him, or maybe you're on that line and you're just deciding for yourself. Maybe you've decided a long time ago to follow Jesus and you kind of wandered away and you want to come back. I don't know what sins you're struggling with. I don't know what sin is defining your life. But Jesus came to save you from that. Jesus came to save you from your brokenness. Jesus came to save you from your hurt and your pain and your bad decisions and to show you a new way you're going to be able to do it if you say yes to Christ, because he is Emmanuel, God with us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.